to me, what surrender really means is accepting where you are now, releasing attachment to any outcome and holding faith in the vision that you want to create. Hey guys, welcome to our Soul Fam podcast where I interview spaceholders from all over the world. I am your host, my name is Carolina, and I'm the Connection Catalyst. I help spiritual entrepreneurs experience deeper connection with themselves, with others, and with the universe. Today on the show, we have Michelle, a holistic life coach and healer. Welcome to the show, Michelle. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm doing so good in fabulous Costa Rica right now, enjoying the sunshine and all of the things. Oh my God. Like I, I love Puerto Viejo where you're at right now. And just before we started this call, I was so excited to talk about it. And I know we didn't have enough time to talk about it, but oh my God, if you guys who listen have a chance to go to Puerto Viejo de Talamanca in Limon in Costa Rica, you guys should do it because it's a beautiful place with beautiful energy and beautiful people around. So yeah, amazing. And um, I'm excited for you that you're in Costa Rica, although I'm not uh, complaining as well, being in Madeira, also quite a spring island. Island. Even during the winter, I just escaped Polish winter, so I'm feeling quite good here as well. Um, and so I would like to start the, the interview with the question uh, that I always ask uh, almost all the people that I interview here. How did your spiritual evolution started and where did you find the spark uh, for you to do coaching and uh, healing? Yes, absolutely. So it actually started while I was going through a physical healing journey. I was struggling with a lot of physical health issues, particularly a lot of gut health issues, autoimmune thyroid and hormone imbalances. And I really started diving deep into nutrition and functional medicine and naturopathy and holistic healing on the physical level. And I got to this point where I was mostly healed, but I knew there was more. And I started beginning my journey, helping people heal physically. And, excuse me, my voice. And um, I started working with a coach during this time, and we started really exploring the mind and the brain rewiring and energy. And this really allowed me to understand that healing is holistic, like body, mind, soul, and spirit. And that really woke me up to understanding how the power of the mind works. And it gave me a... Um, point of view of like spirituality and energetics and understanding all of that in order to continue healing on a physical level, but it also helped me expand in my mind and my evolution as well. Mm, beautiful. That's amazing. And I can really relate to that because I've been healing my digestive system uh, for around one and a half year now, or maybe even more. Uh, and I know that um, I was talking about it the other day also with, with uh, someone on the podcast that usually the issues that we have, the problems that we have with our health, with our mind, is something that brings us to our mission, to our fulfillment, to then we can teach others how to do that. So I would love to talk about the gut health with you because I'm curious if our ways of healing uh, overlap or not. Um, and so I would love 
you to, to tell us how did you heal your guts and what exactly did you do? Uh, was it like supplementing? Was it energy work? Was it emotional work? Like what exactly did you use uh, for yourself and what was the most effective as well uh, for your healing? Yeah, absolutely. So I used all of the modalities because like I said, you can focus on the physical all you want, but there's still going to be lingering stuff if you haven't addressed undigested emotions stuck in the gut, um, the solar plexus, issues with confidence, trapped trauma, because that gets stored in the body. So that's one piece. But on the other side of the spectrum, only addressing that and leaving out things like parasites, mold, heavy metals, bacteria, you're not going to fully heal either. So I really did both. I really worked on detoxing my body, getting rid of parasites, mold, metals, candida, as well as doing energy healing and emotional healing to address underlying traumas and working on my own confidence, stepping into more alignment with my purpose. Um, it really has been a holistic journey. And all of that has really gotten me to fully heal. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, I can relate to that. In my case, it was exactly the same. Even now I'm in the middle of parasite cleanse uh, where I take some extracts yeah. from nuts and uh, cloves and everything. Um, and also I use Rife Generator. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's like, a. Um, yeah. do you know Healy? Healy is like a frequency device yes. that you can work with. So Rife is like Healy, but it has even more power. When it buzzes you, it freaking buzzes. Um, so it's it's not a compatible, It's not you cannot really travel. I mean, you can travel with it, but it's not like you can just uh, put it on your shirt or whatever like Healy and just work with it and do whatever uh, but you need to plug it into the socket but it's actually a really powerful generator as well so I'm using this for parasite plants as well right now but I pretty much did exactly the same starting from I actually went to all these naturopaths all these shamans all these different healers until I found some specialists that actually really helped me. And one of them is actually in Puerto Viejo. His name is uh, Dr. Greg D'Amato. So if any of you guys need some uh, healing and some really holistic approach in, because what he's doing, he is uh, using this quantum uh, quantum biofeedback session it's called so he uses this quantum device to give you the whole report of what you need what you have like for example what kind of amino acids you're lacking what kind of vitamins you're lacking what kind of uh, crystals resonate with you the most what kind of energy you have like everything is there in the report and then he gives you over 30 recommendations about what you can do to uh, take your health to the next level and for me my real journey started with him apart from the emotional uh, healing that I've done before uh, that's for sure but I'm really curious about what specific have you done because for me obviously like supplementing with like vitamin d and omega-3 and probiotics and uh, drinking apple cider vinegar and also doing the uh, co green coffee enemas um and drinking um sometimes the solely the the salt with water um you know this dissolution in um yeah in the morning and i've did i've done a lot of stuff like that and i'm really curious about what exactly specifically has helped you on your journey um, in terms of like supplements and physical stuff. Let's address these first. Yeah, of course. So what's really helped me is addressing the terrain. So my inner body, because what happens with parasites and things like this is they're going to keep coming back if your terrain itself is like a breeding place for them. So I eat a predominantly plant-based diet with a little bit of seafood sprinkled here and there when I intuitively feel called, like I'm craving it. Um, and I eat really high alkaline diets. So 
I eat lots of fruits and lots of greens because that type of environment is not an environment where parasites can survive because they eat things like dairy and meat and sugar and lots of fat. So eating a more alkaline diet is not a way for them to survive in the body. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, I use supplements from this brand in the U.S. called Cellcore, and they're extremely um, intelligent, created by these biochemists to really get rid of parasites. And they focus on first opening up your drainage pathways because you can't go into the phase of killing if you're not pooping, if you're not sweating, if your liver and kidneys aren't functioning. So first, it's addressing these organs and really opening up your pathways of drainage to make sure that things can be eliminated properly, because otherwise you're going to be killing things and they're just going to get stuck in the body. You're going to detox and have all these reactions. So you want to work Mm -hmm. on drainage. Then you can address killing and you want to be taking specific binders with them. So I use from this brand Cellcore, the binders, which then bind up to the toxins that are being um, excreted when things are getting killed off in the gut. So this is kind of like the approach that I take, especially it's good to do this around the full moon because that's when parasites are the most active. So it's kind of been a combination of all of that. And then really just like also using brain rewiring, which is what I work on with clients. So the power of the mind to be able to heal physically. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, I can relate to all that uh, again, because I'm also vegan. Um, I'm rarely, rarely allowing myself to or not even allowing, rarely craving anything that is non-vegan because I just feel like I, I trust my body. And this whole healing journey made me really trust it even more and listen to it even more. Because if I see now the food, even though my eyes might want something, I can feel in my body whether it is good for me or not. And my body is resisting it. And I feel like this is a real gift when it comes to self-healing that you can really tune into your body and what it needs. And so I totally resonate with a vegan diet with a bit of seafood here and there. Because yeah, I feel like vegan diet is one of the most important factors because you don't overwork your digestion system, right? Because you just eat light. So it's very easy for the food to go through you. Whereas if you, for example, eat meat and it digests for like hours and it's still in your gut after a few hours, then it's obviously harder for your body to process it. And it takes a lot of energy actually. So um, yeah, absolutely. And have you tried the Moritz liver and gallbladder cleanse? No, I have not tried it. Oh, maybe I can inspire you to try it. It's literally um, the cleanse where you... um, (laughs) <laughs> where you release, let's say, let's call it release, uh, the yeah. stones from your liver and gallbladder. And it only requires one day fasting and a little bit of preparation with apple cider vinegar, which softens the stones. And then literally you dump all the stones from your liver and gallbladder uh, out. And it's actually really powerful. And I feel like it's important to talk about when it comes to gut health, because liver is our detoxifying organ, right? So if you detoxify your liver, then everything else in your body is going to work better. So uh, um, yeah, that's just something that maybe I might inspire you to do because I, I love it. It's just I feel so much lighter when I do it. Um, it's just that you need to be quite consistent with it because you need to do it every month on the new moon, uh, on the other hand. And you need to do it until you don't have any stones uh, out of your body. And so to anyone who struggles with chronic illnesses, any chronic illnesses, really, this is a really good way to start. You can, I think it's Andreas Moritz. You can uh, see liver and gallbladder cancer. I think there is a PDF um, book in online 
I think so. You can find it. And for me, it was a really, really powerful method as well. And I'm really pumped to talk about this stuff because, uh, yeah, I had parasites, I had viruses, and now I feel so good. Whereas, you know, one and a half year ago, I was in excruciating pain every single day in my intestines or in my stomach. And so we are on the same page here. So uh, I'm just really, really excited to talk about this. So when it comes to mind rewiring and emotional healing, what did you experience and what kind of methods were the most effective for you to heal your guts? Yeah, absolutely. So the process that I use with my clients and that I'm trained in is called brain rewiring. So it's using neuroplasticity to really change the way that we think. So it really starts with identifying what limiting beliefs you're holding on to. So if it's in terms of gut healing, it could be the limiting belief of every meal I eat is going to bloat me or I can't go to the bathroom or whatever that is for you. And it's really dissecting these limiting beliefs. Then the next piece is releasing the emotion energy attached to it. And this is what a lot of people miss because people will be like, oh yeah, I have these limiting beliefs and then these are the new beliefs. And I just want to start saying these new beliefs. But if you still have energy and emotion attached to those old beliefs that's stuck in the body, it's not going to do anything. So you want to release that. And that can be through many different modalities like energy healing, breath work, um, crying, screaming, doing anger release exercises, whatever feels intuitive for you. It can also be fun like dancing and movement and stuff where you want to release the emotional charge and the energy attached to those limiting beliefs. And then you can take on new beliefs that are serving you. And when you do this, this can create massive change on a physical, emotional, and energetic level because your thoughts can really change how you feel physically as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, I also work with beliefs uh, with the method called Psyche. And for me, actually, belief work was a massive uh, step in healing myself because then I could at least open up the potential in my subconscious mind that it's possible for me to heal, right? Because if you have all these limits in your mind, it's like, oh, maybe I'm always going to be unhealthy. Maybe it's never, the pain is never going to go away. And so it's so important to work not only on the physical level, but also on the mindset, mental level, but also on an emotional level, as you said, to release all this underlying um, emotional charge beneath what we are uh, trying to achieve, right? All this resistance that we might have in ourselves. And so uh, when it comes to emotions, how did you determine what kind of emotions you were working with? Because uh, I just want to share maybe as well how I worked with it. Because for me, it was a journey working with a method called the completion process, where you focus on the feeling now, go back to your childhood, to the first time that this emotion has happened, and then reparent your inner child. And there are more steps to this process, which I'm not going to go uh, into right now. But for me, it was like, for example, I have pain in my stomach. Okay, so how do I feel about this pain? Um, maybe sometimes I would feel frustrated or maybe I would feel powerless or hopeless because I've done so many things. I've done fasting and supplements and all these detoxes and it still hurts, right? So every time it would be a different feeling, but every time I would go back to a different kind of trauma in my childhood and then layer after layer, like peeling off an onion, I would have more and more energy in my solar plexus. So then it would give more energy to my uh, digestive system. And of course, with my sacral chakra as well. So anytime I would just ask myself, how do I feel about this pain? And then go into the emotion that is linked to this pain. So that's how I worked on an emotional level. And how did you do it? Yes, I use a similar process. Um, just really getting into the body and doing embodiment work. So like 
noticing where the emotions trapped in the body, kind of giving focus to it, identifying it, and then going back to like certain memories that we may have stored there and working through them by first releasing that emotion. So maybe tears will come up, maybe I'll feel anger and I can release that. And then, um, yeah, either reparenting or just bringing in a more positive and loving memory there or filling it up with positive golden healing energy if we do energy work. So super similar there. Um, just really connecting to the body and where things are chopped there is how I do the emotional work because emotions aren't in our mind. They're in the body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so for you, it's similar uh, how you determine what kind of emotion you need to work on. Do you also ask this question, like, how do I feel about this pain? Because this is how I felt like I could determine the most, like, how, what kind of emotion is linked to the pain, right? Because it's not always obvious for us. Yeah, absolutely. So that's one way or just like asking, like, how does it make you feel when you tune into the emotion or like giving it a color and like noticing how that color makes you feel or like certain textures, just really like the more we bring awareness to that point in our body, the more we can kind of feel the message that it's going to tell us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Beautiful. And so you do also the embodiment work. Uh, so do you do it with your clients as well? Yes. Amazing. And what's the process? How do you guide uh, people through that? Yeah, so it's like similar how I would do it with myself, but I feel like it's actually a lot easier to have someone guiding you through it because you can actually focus on tuning into your body. So yeah, I'll guide them through like a guided meditation really tuning into their body and noticing where the energy is trapped, asking them those deeper questions and leading them through like inner child healing sessions or leading them through a bit of shadow work around it and helping them release that emotion. So helping them bring it to the forefront and feeling what it feels like and then, you know, filling it up with a different energy. So just kind of like being their guide and being the one to bring the steps to them so they can tune into what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That's amazing. I really love what you do because I feel like this kind of work is the most powerful when you can get more in touch with your body, especially nowadays when we have all these chemicals in the water, in the food, when we are not really surrounded by healthy things, right? Like uh, everything in the shops, like sometimes when I go to the shop, I'm like, there is literally nothing that I want to buy in here. Like sometimes it's just like so, so funny because literally I go there and I'm thinking like, there's no even, if there is no fruit, which even sometimes fruits are not that good in in the normal store, right? Um, I literally can buy nothing. Like there is nothing healthy there for me. And it's uh, it's pretty funny, but this is how we live. So we need to look for all these ways to eat raw, to look for bio-organic food and to really care about ourselves because at some point our body will not handle the amount of chemicals that we have. And so I feel like, especially now, Uh, we might have problems with it because, you know, even our parents, our grandparents, they didn't have access to so many things with so many chemicals in it, right? And so I always laugh at at this as well. Like, why do supermarkets have shelves with health food? It's like, so what? The other shelves are full of unhealthy foods. So these are only healthy foods. So like, how does it work? And how, how people don't see it that like the whole store is unhealthy and only in this specific point on this specific shelf there is healthy food like what the hell is going on why do we even live in a world where we have only one 
you know, shelf or one part of the shop with healthy food. What the hell? <laughs> what the yeah, hell? I might say even. <laughs> so difficult. I totally resonate. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's pretty funny but uh, well it's just to inspire you guys uh, who listen to just look at it and to really you know I'm not saying like go vegan straight away or don't buy any food in the supermarket I'm saying just pay a little more attention and see if your body actually wants something or if it's just your mind and societal programs that make you want this thing because uh, probably if you go to mcdonald's your body will probably tell you uh, nope <laughs> so um yeah just to inspire i wanted to inspire people to just um look at what you eat because food can be a very ceremonial beautiful thing uh, that you do for yourself and so i saw that you also have a option on your uh, site to go uh, as i and sign up as an interactive health practitioner and so is this what you do as well are you an interactive health practitioner or are you just promoting this yeah i did training through the integrative health practitioner institute so i do have like a big background in the functional medicine and nutrition and supplementation space and can read labs and i'm also a cell core practitioner so that's like kind of where I started. But to be honest, I don't really focus on that anymore. I focus much more on the brain rewiring and the energetic piece. But it's kind of like with certain clients, if that's something we need to address, I can help you address it. But I'm not so much focused on like fully helping someone heal with like the chronic illness side of things anymore from the nutrition and supplement space. Mm -hmm. So the interactive health practitioner is mostly about nutrition and supplements, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good to know, because I've not heard this term before, interactive health practitioner, but it's it sounds integrative. Cool. Uh, integrative, sorry, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my my bad. Maybe I yeah I I misread it probably. Uh, but yeah, it's no pretty worries. pretty interesting. And integrative health practitioner. It sounds sounds cool though, because integration is usually good. And so uh, I have another question, because I know that you are mm, mastering the art of surrender, and it's pretty interesting that you chose this uh, specific uh, theme, because I know that the. Um, I think the small intestine is about acceptance and the largest intestine is about letting go. So surrendering and letting go are uh, quite interconnected as themes, right, in our life. And so um, I wanted to ask you, what does surrender mean to you? Yeah, absolutely. So to me, what surrender really means is accepting where you are now, releasing attachment to any outcome and holding faith in the vision that you want to create. So a lot of times when people think surrender means they think to give up, but that's what I used to think and that doesn't serve anyone. So what I really understand and meaning is to just releasing attachment from any particular outcome and letting the universe or God or source or whatever give you the how and the what while you just hold the vision and take action from an aligned and pure place. Hmm. That's beautifully said. I love it. Thank you for sharing. Um, so how do how do you do this? You know, because people are so attached to so many things. And even I feel like I found myself in life uh, often just really wanting something, like really wanting things to work out, like really wanting to, you know, have this beautiful partner or uh, make money in my business or whatever, travel the world, really wanting things, right? So how do you, um, how do you do it? How do you surrender? How do you let go? What are your uh, most 
effective three tips that you would like to share with us uh, for people to start this journey with surrendering? Because I know it's maybe not going to be like uh, very fast, right? We don't, we cannot just, um, yeah, surrender to everything because we are humans. We have programs, we have beliefs that are limiting us and we get quite attached to specific things and that's okay. But we can also do our best not to uh, be attached to the outcomes. So what would be your tips for people who are struggling to surrender? Yeah, absolutely. So not being able to surrender is rooted in a need to control. So I would start with assessing why you feel you need to control everything. Is it because you were always like raised in an environment where things were chaotic and you felt you had to step in and control? Is it because you were always rewarded for doing things like 100% and if you like only did things at 80% or 90%, you weren't given reward so you felt like you had to control? So it really stems to getting to the root cause of why you feel like you need to control. And I would say that would be the first step. The -hmm. second step is really building your relationship with trust. Can you trust yourself, number one? And can you trust the universe to support you, number two? And if you can't trust those, then exploring that relationship with how can you build trust with yourself and with the universe and understanding that you are totally held and you are totally worthy of trust. And the Mm. third step I would say is then is to understand that there's always this or something better. And when things don't go your way, it's not because you did something wrong or you're not worthy. It's because the universe has something better for you in store and that rejection is protection and there's always like divine timing to things and our human brain wants things now, 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 but like time is a construct. So we can't always be on this linear path. Sometimes we have to go through an obstacle in order to learn a lesson to then get what we want. And that's where you can surrender to these obstacles and know that it's for your highest growth and that's for your progression. Mm, I freaking love what you just shared because yeah these three steps I think are the most crucial uh, of all of them and it is so true that our obstacles become our biggest teachers and it just reminded me when you were uh, saying about this video I watched of Teal Swan I'm not sure if you're familiar with her she's the creator of the method that I'm using and she had this video of uh, how synchronicities don't always bring us towards feels good or feels comfortable for us because sometimes the universe can actually lead us to uncomfortable situations so that we can heal our biggest patterns, right? So um, she was giving this example of a woman meeting a guy and everything is so perfect and she's so ravens everywhere they go and 11-11 and, you know, all these signs. Uh, But then it turned out that he was a psychopath and because of that, she couldn't hold her pattern of just like blindly, you know, going for a relationship anymore or whatever. I re- I don't remember what her pattern was, but the, the point is like, it wasn't comfortable to go through the experience, but if it wasn't for this specific experience, this girl would never see the truth and it would never see herself and in, in her pattern and her subconscious mind. So this just resonates with me so much that you don't know what the universe has for you, right? You don't know what's the plan. And maybe this most uncomfortable thing, as we were saying at the beginning, can bring you to the most amazing things. Like, for example, finding your life mission and really helping people go through what you've gone through. Because really, you cannot know empathy if you haven't gone through the shit yourself, right? You cannot be fully present with someone that when they are going through 
negative emotions if you haven't gone through these emotions as well, because you need to know what it feels like to be able to really understand people on a deep level and and feel how they feel and understand their feeling behind it. So it is just so beautifully put, um, everything that you said. And so when it comes to trust, right, trusting the universe, it is something that is like a, yeah, also a tricky, uh, tricky part. So what could people do, maybe some kind of exercises or maybe meditation uh, that you could propose for people to be able to lean into this trust to themselves and to the universe? Yeah, so as anything, like start small. So how can you start taking like little small leaps to build that trust muscle? So it's like same with yourself. Like if you're like, oh, I want to do all these things and like you can't accomplish them all, like start with one thing. Same with trusting the universe. Like, can you take something like a little leap? Like, let's say you're being nudged to go on a trip somewhere, but like, that's not the end of the world, you know? Like, it's not like so super scary, like some other things. So can you start with trusting the universe to take this trip? You know, like start following these little clues and do things and then you'll be like, oh, wow, like this was amazing. And then start following these clues more and more and more. But the bigger underlying thing is why can't you trust? And trust with the universe also has to do with our trust with masculine energy a lot of the time because that's like the more supportive energy. So it also comes down to healing your relationship with the masculine. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I think that San Pedro could help for that, uh, especially in Costa Rica. I've done San Pedro uh, three times when I was there uh, last year. And I feel like this is very, if someone is into plant medicine, uh, this is very healing when it comes to your relationship with divine masculine and can really bring up a lot of stuff. So uh, yeah, but that's interesting that you say that the trust to the universe can be linked to the trust to masculine energy. Because yeah, I feel like for me, it was uh, it was just that, you know, my daddy issues, kind of like filtering uh, the trust that I have towards manifesting my dreams. But as you said, if we yeah. take it one step at a time and we maybe mm, set like a small goal of manifestation, for example, and then we can just surrender and we can see it because we're not going to be that attached um, to this small goal. Right. So we can easier let it go if. Um, the goal is not as emotionally charged for us. It's not as important for us. So then through these little steps and little goals and little trust and little uh, surrender, we can build up more and more, as you said, as a muscle. This is really, uh, really beautiful. And I love that. Um, this yeah. is amazing. And I and wanted to add to what you just said. So when you said like with like the daddy issues, um, so what makes sense there is because it's like our first initial realization and memory of support is from our parents and if we didn't get the level of support that our inner child needed then we're not getting that level of support that we needed from the universe until we heal that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's beautiful yeah and you know sometimes when we are in those situations where we cannot really trust then something can happen that we are like, oh, wow, actually it works. Like I had this situation when last year I split up with my uh, ex-partner and I was just like, oh my God. And I was in Costa Rica, actually. I was like, oh my God, how am I going to like find a place now to live and how am I going to manage all that and whatever. And as soon as I just like let it go, 
I had suddenly in, in a week, I had like three people offering me places to stay with them for free in the most beautiful right? places with the most amazing views and, and in the most amazing, I'm like, what is, what is going on here right now? I, but yes. I needed to go through all the resistance first. Like I needed to go to, through my fears of like, oh, maybe I'm not going to find a place because I was in Nosara and in Nosara, there is usually a problem with finding places because it's a very popular place. And how am I going to find a place there? And how am I going to do all that and whatever? And once I went through all the fears and resistance in me, I was just like, okay, I'm just letting the universe do whatever. And it's just so magical when you can let the let go and let God, as we say, right? And we can really, um, then the universe has the whole possibility, like all the possibilities open rather than us focusing on one way of how things should happen, right? And being attached to this one way and one direction, we can open up to all these different possibilities of how the universe can bring us things to um, to our life, right? So yeah, yeah it's a beautiful, beautiful art of surrender. And so uh, is there anything that you would like to share more about this art of surrender that the, the program that you have? Um, it's not a program. It's a masterclass that I'm hosting masterclass. tomorrow, actually. Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah, it's moral. really just going to be explaining like the power of it, why surrender is so important and like how it's kind of like one of the missing pieces in a lot of people's manifestation practices because people will be so diligent with manifesting and then they try to control it. Like, when is it coming? Is it coming? Like just being in this loop. And they're never surrendering and letting the universe do its magic because like you just mentioned, we have like one way or like maybe we see two outcomes only, like it's either this or that, but actually the universe is limitless. Like there's infinite possibilities and our human brain, and it's a 111 when I say this, um, our human brain can't capture it. So when we surrender, we give space for these limited possibilities to exist. Mm, yeah this is so beautiful because then we are we are open right we are receptive to whatever comes and we're not just like controlling as we were talking uh before so yeah it is really really beautiful and thank you so much for sharing that so um tomorrow is the master class that's nice uh, maybe i will join as well um depending on the time and so uh cool. yeah so your video cut off for a moment but you're there right <laughs> Awesome. So I also wanted to ask, yes. uh, what are your breakthrough sessions base, based on? Is it also brain rewiring? Is, do you mix all these different modalities? Or how does the breakthrough session work uh, in your case? Yeah, absolutely. So these are kind of 90-minute sessions to really give you the breakthrough on one focus of life. So this is like, let's say you are struggling with your gut health or you're struggling with a specific limiting belief on self-worth or you're struggling in a specific pattern in relationships or a specific block in whatever. So we'll really go into mm -hmm. one pattern in this 90 minutes and 60 minutes of really going deep into coaching and embody body and um, going from there. So kind of going through that process that we talked about here, really finding where the emotion is in the body, feeling the emotion and reprogramming it. And then the last 30 minutes are intuitive energy work. So I'll provide energy healing and channel any intuitive guidance that comes through for your highest and best. And then you come out with the breakthrough on what that block was. 
Oh my God, the channeling of intuitive guidance sounds amazing. Um, So you're a channeler. That's awesome. And how did you open up to channeling as the idea? And can you maybe tell to all the listeners who don't actually know what channeling is, uh, can you tell us what it means? Yeah, so channeling is just connecting to higher levels of consciousness and accessing information from the divine. So I only get intuitive channeling messages while I'm giving energy healing for people. I don't just like walk around and get messages for people or for myself as much. It's like when I'm connected to someone's energy body and I'm doing an energy healing session on them, then I receive intuitive messages from their, for their highest and best from their spirit team to help provide them further guidance and clarity. Hmm. Amazing. And how did you start this work? Did someone inspire you or did these messages just start flowing through you and by itself? Yeah, it started opening up when doing energy healing sessions. So like as I would do the healing, I started like receiving information. And then at first I really questioned it. I was like, am I just making this stuff up or is this like true? And then I would relay the information. They'd be like, oh my God, that's exactly what I need to hear. That's exactly what I'm going through. And then I started trusting it more and more. Mm, beautiful so you had this amazing process of trusting yourself more and more right because I feel like a lot of people a lot of people at the beginning when they are starting receiving some intuitive guidance it's actually like oh is it just my mind making it up or is it some higher realm talking to me or is it my soul or is it my guide or is it God or who who the hell is it (laughs) right and what is what is guiding me uh, in this way but I yeah I always say like um everything that you receive is actually the message that you can interpret, right? Because some people receive the vision, some people receive hearing, some people receive just knowledge, right? Just They just know something and you're going to receive the information however you interpret it and however however you um, perceive the world, right? With your own filter. So for one person, like a banana can mean one thing and for the other person, it can mean something completely different, right? Because one can have allergy to bananas and one not. And one maybe likes to go on a banana on a boat, you know, uh, in the water. And so with every every person, this is going to mean something different. And so with all these intuitive insights and channeled messages i just feel like to make it up actually this is this is the thing we are making up the meaning that this vision or this uh, word or whatever holds but it's always on point or i mean usually on point because if someone you know overthinks it and it comes from the mind from the intellect rather than intuition then surely not but you know to if something if something just comes to you rather than you thinking about it and like really creating the story behind it then it's usually the intuitive insights right so uh yeah i just i feel like i was there um a few years ago where i didn't know how to know if it's my ego or if it's my uh, intuition talking my you know mind versus heart um but right now i just go with whatever and i just trust it and it's usually uh, or pretty much always recently <laughs> just that, that's it so um yeah we're coming back circling back to this beautiful topic of self-trust right and how to build self-trust and by self we don't only meet the mind self we also mean the higher self right because yes. we need to not only it's if we only focus on the mind and trusting the mind it's only one level of us that we trust right but we also need to trust our emotional self our spiritual self and we have so many levels trust our body our physical self right so this tr- 
topic of self-trust can spill over all these different uh, areas of our life and to yeah and in each area it's going to be really important to uh, connect to it because also our mind is important and uh, that we trust it is important because it can you know um, keep us from danger and you know that's why we have fear <laughs> to keep us safe and whatever but um, yeah, if the trust comes only from our automatic programming, only from some childhood trauma, then, you know, the message can be quite, quite blurry. So yeah, it's beautiful uh, that you mentioned about the channeling. And so when you do the energy healing work, do you have any specific ways or methods to not take on someone's energy on you when it comes to like some negative emotions or, you know, because a lot of healers can be quite sensitive and they can take on some people's stuff. And so how do you deal with that? Yeah. So I set up energetic boundaries and protection. So, you know, in the mornings, I just set up my energy bubble for the day and then calling on Archangel Michael to protect my energy and their energy and just making sure that things are separated on clearing the space energetically with like sage and before and after the sessions. And then, you know, sometimes if I feel like that was a lot of energy, I'll like take a shower after and set the intention that the water is clearing away anything I've picked up. Um, yeah. So just some like energetic hygiene practices. Mm, beautiful. I've heard also that uh, actually peeling with water is good to do when you take a shower and you feel like you took on a lot of negativity yeah. from other people, even during the day when you walk the street or whatever. The then ocean. You can really yeah. good because the salt water is an energy cleanser yeah absolutely so yeah salt uh, and water and healing and visualizations and the energy bubble of course the protection uh, it's quite important although i don't like to say protection because that kind of like implicates that there is some danger that we need to protect from i prefer to call it like maybe safety bubble or something like mm -hmm. that so that we uh you know because the word protection can mean like there's oh there is war there is something to protect from and so yeah that's what i uh prefer personally prefer to use because it just brings more like a warm feeling like safety safety bubble and then sure. um yeah and then you're you're kind of like um cut off from all the influences and so do you also do like uh combing with your aura like you know g taking all this energy of other people like out of you and using some kind of like energy manipulation techniques to uh, cleanse yourself apart from you know water and uh, and sage and stuff that you mentioned um, I have like specific meditations that really like fully cleanse my energy and stuff. And then I'll also like do breath work or energy work on myself to like clear any lingering energy. Hmm. Okay. Amazing. And is it, is it like a specific type of breath work or is it just intuitively whatever you feel like is the best for you in the moment? Yeah. I mean, it all comes down to intention. So if you just set the intention, like I'm releasing any energy I've picked up today, you can kind of go into like any pattern that you would like, but like, I'm not doing like a holotropic breath work to clear my energy. That's more for like emotional release, but it could be like five minutes of just like a slow cleansing breath with the intention that I'm releasing anything I've picked up. Mm, amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like for all these energy healers uh, who might have picked up some, some shitty stuff, <laughs> it's going to be good to know what to do if you have done it. And it's actually not that hard because I feel like sometimes there is this belief that, oh my God, you need to protect yourself. Uh, you know, people can like leave some 
you know, dirty emotions on you or whatever, some shadows, but it's actually just a simple process to cleanse yourself. If you um, are doing this kind of work, it's just about remembering about doing it, right? Uh, Because it's not a complicated thing to clear your energy. And I did the two levels of Reiki as well. So I worked a little bit with energy uh, too before, but for me, it was never really an issue. I always just uh, used some salt, used some sage, you know, washed my hands and I never felt like something is influencing me. Also probably because of my energy is quite intense. So it's hard for people to get to me. Yeah, that's what I mean. (laughs) It's also like if you're just at a high frequency in general, then you shouldn't always have to worry about people like getting in your energy and stuff because it's just gonna bounce off Mm -hmm. yeah because you don't resonate with it right and it's not yours plus if you go to sleep you you're gonna shed a lot of stuff that you picked up on anyway so um yeah it's not that biggie so just i just wanted to break this break down this myth of like oh my god you need to be careful about other people you know uh passing you bad energy like surely you need to be cautious because some people can have really deep trauma. And once when I did, for example, Reiki and I put hands on someone's heart, I almost fainted because it was like taking so much of my energy because uh, he had a, his heart broken, this client of mine. And so, of course, you need to be um, cautious in a way or just like aware when something like that can happen, but you shouldn't be afraid of it because it's not something that can yeah. really like, um, you know, screw up your life or anything like that. Just be be yeah. aware. Awesome. And if you're in that fear, that's what's going to cause it to leak onto you. Exactly, because your vibe attracts uh, the, the thing that are coming to you, right? The law of attraction. So um, yeah, it's better not to have fear and to just be in your safety bubble, as I call it. <laughs> Amazing. So uh, just one last question, because I know we got to um, finish soon. Where can people find you? What is the best way to contact you and maybe to join your masterclass tomorrow? Yes, absolutely. Instagram is where I'll be hanging out. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm at, it's Michelle Kessel. So at I-T-S-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-K-E-S-I-L. Perfect. Thank you so much. And yeah, I would love to chat to you more, but I know we don't have more time, but I'm super, super grateful that you came on the podcast. It was really great. And I uh, feel really uh, pumped about sharing this with all the listeners. So thank you so, so much and enjoy your time in Puerto Viejo, one of my most favorite cities in the whole world. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I loved our conversation and I hope that it touches the lives of those that need to hear it. (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you so much. Namaste.